There is a little window over Earth's atmosphere that when it opens, the conditions are right. That's when they can launch that rocket into outer space. But once it closes, they have to wait. And I believe that once that window in the spirit is open, that's the time to respond. So I commend you for responding to the presence of God. Amen. I'll never forget hearing the story of a man of God who, whose father was a pastor in Hannibal, Missouri. Brother Alberts tells the story of being in service with his father. The Spirit of God was moving just like this. And he saw the Shekinah glory of God. Amen. I've only seen the Shekinah glory of God one time in my life. It was in a prayer meeting when I was in secular college. Amen. The Spirit of God began to move in, in that all-night prayer meeting. I saw the Shekinah glory of God. My roommate who had just came to the Lord. He too saw the Shekinah glory of God and didn't know what it was. He was raised Catholic. About a week later, he said, Ethan, what was that haze that was in the sanctuary? He said, I walked outside to see if it was just fog coming into church, but it was as clear as crystal. I said to my roommate, I did too. We were in, in, a, in a rough neighborhood. I said, I walked outside to, 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 to get a whiff to make sure it wasn't something else, but it wasn't that. It was the Shekinah, the real deal Shekinah glory of God. I saw with my own eyes. This brother Alberts in Hannibal, Missouri said that he saw the Shekinah glory of God. And he leaned over to his dad and he said, Dad, I see the Shekinah glory. I see, amen, the glory cloud in this sanctuary. His dad said, son, I don't see it. But he said, you go up and tell the people. And so when brother Albert's son walked onto the pulpit, he did not tell them what he saw. He only said, if you would just stand and lift up your hands, the Lord will bless you. That's all he said. He didn't tell him what he saw. He just said, if you would just stand and lift up your hands, the Lord will bless you. And when those who responded lifted up their hands, all of a sudden people start being slain in the spirit. Amen. God began to do a work. And then when the service was about over, Brother Albert's son came up and he said, I saw the Shekinah glory of God. And everybody here that responded, you saw what happened when they responded to the presence of Almighty God. Amen. I'm so thankful that there were people who were responding to the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are people responding to God's presence. Amen. If the Lord told you to respond and you did it, amen, you received a blessing here. That there's something that's happened in the spirit that's going to be manifested in your situation. If you believe that one more time, can you lift up your hands towards heaven? Can somebody lift up your voice? Can somebody glorify and magnify the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we give God praise. If you're thankful for what you feel, if you're thankful for what's happening among us here today, and you're glad that you're not the only one experiencing this, why don't you turn to two or three people, let them know how glad you are to see them in the house of God today. As Pastor Linda already said to all of our guests that are here with us this afternoon, thank you for joining us, those that are in-house and those that might be watching in their house. We're so glad that you have come to connect with Heaven View here this afternoon. Can we give all of our guests a wonderful hand clap? We had a wonderful time in the service this morning. 
And I'm so thankful that those ministering spirits that were here this morning are here this afternoon. How do you know that the same God that was here this morning is the same God that is here now? Praise God. He's our own time God. And he's our right now God. Can somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just want to say how much we love and appreciate Pastor Sister Linder. Amen. I just thank God for this wonderful couple and their walk with God, their sensitivity to the Spirit, and their kindness. The old brother James Kilgore used to say, old Bishop Kilgore used to say, it's a good thing when preachers are Christians. And I'm thankful that your pastor and his wife, they are genuine Christians. Praise God. Oh, you ought to thank the Lord for your pastor. You ought to thank the Lord for his family. I appreciate in the morning service their son coming over to pray with my son. You know, this church is truly blessed. You don't know what you have. Amen. And I'm, I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing and for my kids to be in this atmosphere. We go to so many different places, and I'm just thankful to be in the South. With the New York connection, got the East Coast feel, and my wife is from the Midwest. They do a little bit different. The West Coast does a little bit different, but I'm so thankful that's the same God. I said it's the same God. But you don't have a great church without a great God and great leadership. And you have that in Pastor and Sister Linder. I said it this morning. I'll say it again this afternoon. My first revival was a result of this church electing them as your pastor. When they came here, when God called them here to Winston-Salem, and this congregation felt it was the will of God, he had a council of revival in Tennessee. And that pastor contacted my pastor and said, I need an evangelist. The great Harold Linder is off the field. I need somebody. Well, my pastor said, I, I, I don't have anybody great to suggest to you, but I have a Bible school student. Amen. But my first revival in Woodbury, Tennessee, with Brother Clayton Neal, was because God called your pastor here. So I owe a lot, and I mean that sincerely, to your pastor. Amen. One more time, can you clap your hands and thank the Lord for the lenders? And to all on this leadership team, the pastoral staff, Amen. Pastor Brian had me laughing so hard on Friday. Amen. We were in the restaurant there at Vinny's, and I was just, I had the, the napkin in my hand. I, I was crying laughing. And uh, I just thank God for you. <laughs> but can we just clap our hands and thank the Lord for the leadership of this church? Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I want to direct your attention to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 36 through 39. Amen. I was contacted by a couple pastors before we came here, one pastor in particular, and uh, he contacted me at the wrong time. I wish I was in the spirit at all times, but uh, when I'm on the road, I get a little of that uh, road rage, and I got to pray through. And so after that road rage, I was driving back from north, south, east, and west, and uh, from the Midwest is where we were driving back from. When I got in, this pastor contacted me for revival. And I thought, oh, my Lord, I can say yes, but I haven't prayed like I need to pray. I just really want to give somebody the five-fold ministry. <laughs> Not really. I said, Lord, I need to pray. And uh, while I was in prayer, 
I felt the Lord told me to wait. I said, well, Lord, as an evangelist, you know how it is. A great man of God, Brother Sam Emery, said, Brother Hagin, if you don't preach, you're going to be on the side of the road saying, we'll preach for food. <laughs> See, but I take that open door. But I waited on the Lord, and I'm thankful that I waited on the Lord. Amen. I believe that we are here in the will of God. I believe that your pastor has heard from God. And I'm just asking the Lord to do what only he can do. We can do our part. And I'm thankful, amen, for the anointing that was upon this praise team. Amen. Praise God. Such a powerful anointing, amen, that was here and is still here. But that was on this praise team. But ladies and gentlemen, when we have done all that we can do, there's only what God can do. And how many know that God can do a whole lot more than what we can? I say he is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is the promise keeper. Can somebody shout hallelujah? First Kings chapter 18, verse number 36. And it came to pass at that time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water, that was in the trench. Verse number 39. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. The Bible says in verse number 38, Then the fire of the Lord fell. Amen. I could feel the rain in the morning service. And I could feel the fire in the afternoon service just for a few moments here today. I want to preach to you on this subject, the purpose of the fire. The purpose of the fire. One more time, can you place your Bibles, your tablets, your smartphones down? And can somebody clap your hands, lift up your hands, lift up. Somebody just worship the Lord right now. We praise you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. You are great and greatly to be praised. You are so wonderful. You are so marvelous. You are the one true living God, and we give you praise today. Have your way in the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name. Can somebody shout, in Jesus' name. One more time, turn somebody and tell them, I'm so glad that you're in the house of the Lord today. You may be seated. I'm looking at that title slide, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm not that creative. I appreciate Brother Daniel Hippolyte helping me out this weekend, making me look good. Can you give a wonderful hand clap to Brother Hippolyte? I met him when he was just a teenager in New York City. My buddy of mine was a youth pastor there in Queens, New York, and Brother Daniel made up his mind that he was going to live for God. And because he decided he suffered some persecution, but he's still here today serving the Lord. Amen. He saved my bacon. First time in New York City, I just stopped abruptly on 125th Street in Harlem. My phone wasn't working. We had those flip phones back, back in. I mean, it wasn't the cool iPhones. It was like, you know, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? It's bad connection. I couldn't get a hold of the youth pastor, and I just stopped. And I startled a young guy. He had to be a gang member. He just started throwing up signs and 
My wife come from the suburbs. I come from the hood. I said, don't look at him. We're in some trouble right now. But Brother Daniel hopped in our car. He said, go, 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 go. We are live here today because of Brother Hippolyte. Can you one more time give him a shout out, clap your hands, and thank the Lord for Brother Hippolyte. How many of you know that the God that we serve is the one true living God? Does anybody believe about who we sung about here today, that he is the way maker, that he is the miracle worker? Does anybody believe in this house this afternoon that there is no God like our God? If you believe that, can you clap your hands and can somebody shout amen? I come to remind somebody here today uh, that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. Uh, he is the first and the last. Uh, he is the one who was, uh, who is, uh, and who is to come. Uh, he is the creator and he is our savior. There is nobody else uh, like our God. If you believe that, can you clap your hands and can somebody shout his name? Oh, he is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is the God of Israel. In the Old Testament, he was called Jehovah or Yahweh. Amen. But under the New Covenant, in the New Testament, we call his name Jesus. Can somebody shout that name right now? Oh, does anybody believe here today that Jesus is the one true God manifested in flesh? If you believe that, can you lift up your hands and can you give him praise right now? Hallelujah. Come on, if you believe that he is the one true God, hallelujah, who came to this earth, born in Bethlehem, walked, amen, through this earth, and then as a man in his humanity, he gave his life on the cross and came alive again on the third day. Come on, somebody, give him praise here today. Well, I come to tell somebody that Jesus is more than just a man. He's more than just a rabbi. He's more than just a prophet. He's more than just a teacher. But he is the one true living God. Amen. If you believe that, once again, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Here at Heaven View, in the morning service, I may have mistaken, mentioned my middle school that I went to, Haven View. But here at Heaven View, we believe that Jesus is God and that there is none other God but one. I said there is only one God. If you believe that there's only one God, why don't you poke somebody with that one finger and tell them there's only one God. We believe that there's only one God and that his name is Jesus. Unfortunately, that is not the way the world views it. The world teaches that either there is no God or that there are plurality of gods or that you are God. Let me say that again. This world teaches that there is either no God or that there are plurality of gods or that you are God. But turn to somebody and tell them you're not God. <laughs> I'll never forget there's... We was preaching somewhere between north, south, east, and west, and my family and I, we were walking out, and they get a kick out of this, but uh, there was a dear, precious sister. She was trying to say, praise the Lord. But instead of saying, praise the Lord, she just said, hey, Lord. <laughs> and my wife and my kids let me know real quick, and I reminded her real quick, I ain't the Lord. <laughs> the late great bishop, Brother T.F. Tenney, who was the district superintendent of Louisiana, a great man of God. He used to say, I learned a long time ago that there's only one God, and I'm not him. 
Turn somebody and tell them, there's only one God, and I'm not him. As soon as we realize that, the better off we will be that there is only one God and that he alone is God. Here in the passage of scripture that we just read, the Bible tells us that when the prophet Elijah prayed that the Lord would make it known that he is the one true God, that the fire of the Lord fell. It consumed the sacrifice, the wood, stones, dust, even the trail of water that ran down from the sacrifice. It consumed everything. Can somebody say everything? The Bible says that when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. If I had been there that day and saw fire fall from heaven, I would have been shaken in my boots. I would have fell on my face just like them, and I would have said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. When the fire of the Lord fell, it proved that their dumb idol of Baal wasn't God at all. When the people saw the fire fall from heaven, they knew that the Lord God, Jehovah, was the one and only true living God. But I ask you here this afternoon, why did they need the fire to convince them? Why did Elijah even pray for the fire? What purpose was the fire for? According to the context here in 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal to a contest in order to convince the people of who was the one true living God. Baal's followers believed that he controlled the lightning, the thunder, and storms. But the word of the Lord declared that Yahweh controlled these forces, the lightning, the thunder, and the storm. So Elijah challenged the false prophets of Baal, saying in verses 23 and 24, Let there be two bulls be given to us, and let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire to it. And you call on the name of your little G God and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire he is God he said you get your sacrifice you do your thing but make sure that you don't apply any fire to it don't you dare put any fire to it because God's about to put us to the test we're going to find out who's the one true God if Baal truly controls the thunder if he truly controls the lightning if he truly controls the storm then he's going to answer by fire but I want you to do your thing and then I'm going to do my thing according to the word of the Lord I'm going to also offer up a sacrifice I'm going to lay it on the wood I'm going to make sure that I pour amen for jars full of water on it to soak it, trench it, and make sure that everybody sees that I have no fire burning anywhere around this sacrifice. But we're going to find out who's God. This day, nobody's going to go back and forth. Nobody's going to go limping out of here, halting between two opinions. Either you serve God, who is the one true God, or you go and serve Baal. But the God who answers by fire, he is God. That's what they agreed to. That's what they agreed upon. 
And that's what happened. The false prophets, uh, they went first. They made a fool out of themselves. The Bible says they begin to cut themselves. Some scholars say uh, that the reason why they began to cut themselves is because they believe that Baal, uh, whenever his son died, cut himself uh, in mourning to somehow make it rain. And so, amen, because it had not rained for three and a half years in Israel, they wanted to somehow to stop this before it started. They wanted their God to cause it to rain because, amen, they were afraid that he wasn't going to send the fire. But ladies and gentlemen, he couldn't send any fire and he couldn't send any rain. So they began to go through their chance. They began to cut themselves, but nothing happened. The prophet looked back at him and said, go ahead. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's hard of hearing. Just shout a little bit louder. They tried to do everything that they could, but there was no fire. But then the Bible says, amen, that the man of God, the servant of the Lord took 12 stones to build an altar. Can somebody say an altar? Amen. These 12 stones each represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Amen. He set those stones in order. And then he put down the wood. And then he put the bull and cut it. And then he drenched it with water. And then the Bible says he prayed. And after he prayed, the scripture says that the fire, amen, fell. When the fire failed, it failed to reveal who was the one true God. The scriptures reveal to us that God has used fire many times to show himself, to reveal something about himself and about his nature and character to us. The Bible tells in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 29, that our God is a consuming fire. Amen. He is a passionate God and a compassionate God who loves us. But he is also a holy God. Can somebody say he's holy? Yes, God loves us. Amen. He is a loving God. That's all some people think about God, but he's also a holy God. Amen. I said he is a holy God. His fire consumes away sin and carnality in our lives and purifies us because of his love towards us, because he wants the best for us, and he, because he knows what sin will do in our lives. Uh, he brings the fire to somehow burn away anything uh, that would keep us from having a right relationship with him. The scriptures tell us that when Moses had a God encounter in the desert, it was a burning bush experience that he received. He saw that the bush was on fire even though it continued to burn. It did not burn down to the ground. He said, I'm going to turn and see, amen, what's going on because he was used to a whole lot of bushes catching on fire in the desert. If you've ever been to the desert, if you've ever been out west, if you've ever, uh, uh, two years ago, we were preaching in Phoenix and we thought, my God, we don't want to go to hell because it is hot out here. It was hot in our hotel room. Hey, man, we thought, man, we need to get the maintenance here working on. There was no, we knew our air was working in our car, but it was so hot. But in the desert, hey, man, in those kind of arid uh, uh, um, conditions, bushes were burned all the time, and then they were burned to the ground. But what Moses saw was a burning bush, and it continued to burn, and it continued to burn. It was consumed by the fire, but it did not burn down to the ground. He said, oh, this is something different. Hey, man, I've never seen this before. Let me turn and see. And that's when God spoke to him and said, Moses, take off your sandals uh, because you are on holy ground. What the Lord was letting, amen, Moses know was that, amen, God wants to consume us uh, but not destroy us. 
I said God wants to consume us, uh, but he doesn't want to destroy us. Can I tell somebody, amen, that it's not God's will for you to be destroyed. It's not God's will for you to be lost for all of eternity. Amen. He wants to change your life. Uh, he wants to burn sin out of your life. Uh, he wants to heal you. Uh, he wants to bring you in the right relationship with him. Uh, he wants to give you eternal life. Uh, amen. He does not want the fire is never meant to destroy. Amen. Matter of fact, the Bible tells that one time the disciples that were following the Lord Jesus, uh, they saw some others who were not of them. They saw them casting out devils. Uh, and they say, Lord, they don't follow us. Jesus, stop them. Uh, they're out there casting out devils. They should be joining with us. And the Lord said, no, uh, if they're not against us, then they're for us. Uh, let's just leave them alone. You follow me. Amen. They might see some devils cast, but if you keep on following me, uh, you're going to see my glory because I'm about to take you up the mountain. I'm about to show you that I'm more than just a man. So don't you go join those uh, who might be out there casting out devils and having miracles. Uh, just leave them alone. Uh, if they're not hurting us, they're helping us uh, because somebody's going to get delivered through my name uh, and realize they need to follow me. Uh, you don't focus on them. Uh, you just focus on me. Hey, can I just stop and say God is doing something in Kentucky? And it's hard for me as a Tennessean to say that, that God is doing something in Kentucky, but he is. But ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't mean that we should abandon truth and that we should just walk away and just I come and tell somebody that God wants to use us to bring people to a greater knowledge of him. We just got to keep on following Jesus. I said we just got to keep on. Does anybody believe that? Can you clap your hands? And can somebody shout his name right now? Jesus said, leave them alone. The disciples, two of them. Matter of fact, Jesus called them the sons of thunder. This is down in my notes, but this is what was in prayer. So here we go. Amen. They were so upset that those individuals were not following them. They said, Lord, let's, let, let's do like Elijah. Brother Byfield, I give you honor. Amen. Amen. They said, they said, let's just be like Elijah. Let's just call down fire from heaven. Because they ain't following us. Who do they think they are? Let's just call down fire from heaven. The Lord said, no, no, no. You don't know what spirit you are of. I come and tell somebody, this is what came to me in prayer before we even got here to North Carolina as the Lord was dealing with me. And then he began to deal with me late, amen, this morning, or early this morning, amen, as I was preparing for this service today, amen, that we've got to be careful that we do not hurt somebody who's trying to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Leave those who who come out of this world hurt and broken. The enemy has bound them. Amen. Don't stop them from getting deliverance. Uh, don't try to, amen, destroy them before they even get in the door. Just leave them alone. Their God has given a pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. Just because uh, they're not catching on as fast as you caught on, just leave them alone. Uh, don't call down fire from heaven. You don't know what spirit you are of uh, because the spirit of God is not meant to destroy. Yes, he's a consuming fire. Yes, he is a holy God. Yes, he wants us to live holy. But there are people that are coming and there's some individuals here today you've got so much baggage but guess what God's gonna set you free he's gonna there are all those chains he's gonna loose we're not here to judge you we're not here to destroy you we understand that our God is a holy God but he loves you so much that he wants to bring victory and freedom and healing does anybody believe that can somebody clap your hands and can somebody give God praise God wants us to know that he wants to consume us but not destroy us. In Leviticus chapter 6 uh, verses 9, 12, and 13 the Lord told Moses uh, to command Aaron and his sons to keep the fire burning on uh, the altar. Can somebody shout the altar? 
the Lord said the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. The fire, he said again, must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. The fire was for the burning of the sacrifice, but it also provided light during the evening sacrifice. It was to be kept burning at all times to give hope to anyone who needed to come to the altar at any time of the day doesn't matter how dark it is uh, that fire was to be burning on the altar even at night uh, so that somebody could see their way it's dark out there hey man I don't know how I'm going to make it but all of a sudden I see in the distance uh, I can see on the hill uh, I can see hey man the fire burning hallelujah on the altar that's where I need to go uh, and the Bible says that the reason why that fire was to be continuously burning uh, is to provide somebody direction to provide somebody light in their pathway and to give them hope that if I can just make it to that altar, my sins can be forgiven. Amen. My mess can be made up and God can give me a miracle. Can I tell somebody here today that's walked into this house feeling hopeless? You think it's all over. I come to tell you the devil is a liar. It's not all over because there is fire burning at the altar. Amen. There's still hope. The light of Jesus Christ is letting somebody know that you can still make it. You don't have to give up. You don't have to throw in it. Come on, does anybody believe that there is still hope? Can you lift up your voice and can you give God praise right now? Hallelujah. Amen. That fire on the altar was not to be put out. It was not to go out. It was to burn continuously because somebody was going to do something contrary to the law of God and need to make their way to the altar to obtain mercy and find forgiveness. They needed the light from the altar to direct them, the light from the fire that continually burned on the altar was a reminder of the eternality of God. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. That he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Just like he was here in the morning service, uh, he's here in the afternoon service. Uh, he's going to be with you on Monday. He's going to be with you on Tuesday. He's going to be with you on Wednesday when we come back together. He's going to be with you on Thursday, Friday, in your small groups. Uh, he's going to be with you, amen, wherever you go. Saturday, next Sunday, God's going to do great things in the morning and the afternoon service once again because uh, the God that we serve uh, is an eternal God. Uh, he never fails. Uh, he doesn't change. Uh, he is the same yesterday, today, uh, and for Forever. If you believe that, can somebody clap your hands uh, and can somebody shout amen? The fire reminded them, amen, that God is an eternal God. That's why it was to never go out. That's the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, the fire is symbolic of the baptism and the infilling of uh, the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is what John the Baptist declared, amen, who said to the people, that one of the attributes of being baptized in the Spirit, he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, uh, but he that cometh after me, uh, amen, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He shall baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. The one who is coming after me, he is the one that you need to seek after. He's the Savior. I'm just a voice in the wilderness. I'm just a forerunner. Amen. I'm just making a pathway, but he is the way maker. He's the one that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and
consumed with fire. Can I remind somebody here today that when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is a fire that accompanies it. I said there is a fire that comes with being filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a fire that consumes sin. It burns out carnality or anything that would keep you from pleasing the Lord. It is a fire that would give you a passion for the things of God. It will place in you a desire, amen, to live for God and to be used by God and to be a light for Jesus Christ. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Religion is not going to do. Just going through the motions is not going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to have the fire. Amen. We're getting closer to the coming of the Lord. Amen. Jesus gave the parable of ten virgins who were preparing for the banquet feast of the bride and the bridegroom. But ladies and gentlemen, there were five who were wise because with their lamps they had oil to light their lamp. Amen. They had fire, but the other five had no fire. They had no oil in their lamp to produce the fire. But instead, when the bridegroom came and caught them off guard. Uh, the five who were wise were able to rise up and see amen because they had the oil in their lamps uh, and they had a light that had a flame as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. It's not enough just to go through the motions. Uh, it's not enough just to pat a cake for Jesus. Uh, amen. I come to remind somebody here that you've got to have your own fire. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. Uh, you've got to have it burning in your life. Uh, you don't have to be a preacher and evangelist like me to have the fire. Amen. But if you believe uh, you can receive God wants every last one of us to be on fire for him. Can somebody clap your hands and can somebody shout hallelujah? Amen. I told the young people on Friday that I had a bad attitude, amen, during my high school years. I was upset because I couldn't play ball. I had broken my leg. Uh, but I'll never forget what my pastor told me to go to Youth Congress and get on fire for God. Uh, amen. I went, I prayed somebody through to the Holy Ghost for the first time. Uh, I worship, I praised God. Uh, but then I came back and in the city that I lived in, uh, in a drug-infested, gang-infested neighborhood that I grew up in, uh, amen, that fire tried to go out. But I'm thankful for a church like this. Uh, amen. I come to tell somebody that you don't realize how blessed you are. Now everybody has, amen the kind of pastor that you have. Now everybody has a nice facility. Now everybody has a church that believes and prays and worship. Some people got the name on the marquee, but they forget what it's all about. But I come to tell somebody that you are blessed. Amen. I grew up in a church that was blessed. I grew up in a church that had anointed leadership and people who understood that when the Spirit of God begins to move, we need to move with it. I'm thankful, amen, that I was able to be around the fire. I told the Lord, amen, I don't try to make anybody be anything. I'm not going to force, I've never forced anybody to try to get up and praise uh, and, and shout and dance. Amen. That's not who I am. I'm never going to bash anybody for not praise. I don't do my kids or my wife like that. Amen. I don't do myself like that, but I do know one thing. Uh, if you've got the Holy Ghost fire on the inside of you, uh, it's what calls you to get up uh, and come to the house of God. Uh, it's what calls you, to, amen, to stand for your integrity and your character even when people are falsely accusing you on your job. Uh, it's what calls you to go to school uh, and hold your head up high when people are talking about you and making fun of you and tweeting about you and posting stuff about you it's what calls you to say you know I'm going to live for God anyhow it's something on the inside of you I said it's something on the inside of you oh we've got to have the fire ladies and gentlemen I said we've got to have the fire of the Holy Ghost because let me tell somebody something amen if we don't want the fire there are those who want it 
amen, just because we said we got the name and got the Holy Ghost and we got holiness and, and we believe in one God does not mean that God is obligated, amen, to cause the fire. It's because Elijah knew who the one true God was. He said, you are the one true God, but I need you to do something for me, Lord. I need you to show them that I am your servant. I come to tell somebody when we understand who we are, not just who he is, but when we understand who we are, the fire will fall. Elijah prayed and he said, show them that you are the one true God and show them that I'm not a false prophet. Show them that I am your servant and the fire of the Lord fell. Can I tell you that the greatest miracle signs and wonders, the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost is about to happen for the people of the name. It's about to happen for heaven view. United Pentecostal Church, if you believe that, can somebody stand to your feet? Can somebody put your hands together and can you glorify the name of Jesus? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Last year, I was at in St. Louis for their Northeast camp meeting. Remain standing all over this house. Amen. I had what I call my Anthony Tremble suit on. This church might know Anthony Tremble, songwriter. He served as associate pastor to his father. His father was our associate pastor in Memphis. He used to take my mom to chemotherapy, Brother Tom Tremble did. And, uh, but, but, but Brother Anthony Tremble caught the spirit of his father. He was just such a pure individual. He was taken far too soon at the age of 35. Three boys, a beautiful wife. And, um, but at his home-going celebration, they passed out a lapel pin. And I would wear that lapel pin, what I call my Anthony suit. And um, last year in St. Louis at this camp meeting, Brother Wayne Huntley, the district superintendent of North Carolina, he brought a North Carolina, a Tar Heel anointing to the show me state. And um, when Brother Huntley finished preaching that night, the young people, my wife, amen, we had just slipped and slid all the way from Michigan uh, to Missouri. And so we weren't able to, everybody get there. But I, I got there in that night, amen, in that service after Brother Huntley finished preaching. Amen, young people begin to dance and shout. They begin to praise God. And you knew it was the spirit because they had their eyes closed, but nobody was running into each other. Nobody was hitting each other. And I said, Lord, I got, I got this at the time, 43 year, years old. I'm 44 now, about to be 45. But I said, Lord, I can't praise you like I used to without my knees hurting that my legs hurting but I remember when I was a young person I remember walking out of Sunday school class amen because the call of God was on me but I was fighting I was just walking go to work I remember my bad attitude but I remember times when the Holy Ghost began to move just like today I remember times, amen, praising God amen, the Lord healing my leg amen, getting out of my cast the next day hallelujah I remember those times getting drunk in the spirit, the spirit of God falling upon me. And I remember those other times when I was reserved and I said, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to be able to praise you like I used to. So I'm going to give it to you, amen, until it goes out, until I can't jump no more, <laughs> until I can't. I look at these young people and I wish I was like you when I was your age, but I wasn't. But thank God he called this boy from, from the hood. Thank God he called me. And last year I said, Lord, Anthony is not able to be here. But Anthony was a worshiper. So I got down there with those young people. I began to praise God until I was soaking wet. <laughs> 
it was in that service that a man who was wheelchair bound who had not walked in years uh, the Lord miraculously healed him he came out they put his wheelchair on the platform amen and the greatest miracle is that he was refilled with the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost how come to tell somebody you might not be able to jump up and down, but if you've got the Holy Ghost and fire on the inside, it will cause you to lift up your voice. It will cause you to lift up your hands. It will cause you to respond and worship the Lord. I wonder, can somebody in this place do it right now? Can you lift up your hands? And can you allow the Lord to do what he desires to do in your life? Come on, somebody, in the name of Jesus. The Holy Ghost fire that fell on that day is still falling today. I said the Holy Ghost fire that fell back then uh, is still falling today. If you are here this afternoon and you've never received the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, it is for you. God wants to fill you with this spirit. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. All you have to do is believe. You don't have to get good first to get God. You got to get God to get good. But if you wanted it, you can receive it. The fire can fall in your life right now. God, I want to get everybody in this place if you are able. If you feel comfortable in doing so, I'm not forcing anybody, but if you feel comfortable in doing so, I wonder, can somebody allow the Spirit of God to move you beyond your, your pew, beyond your seat? Can somebody make your way to this altar? Everybody in this house, everybody in this house, come as close as you can. Don't stand in the aisles. Let somebody else be able to come behind you. Come on, let's all over this place. Let's allow the Holy Ghost and fire. Come on, that's what was happening a few moments ago when the praise team was singing. Amen. During the time of worship, the Holy Ghost was moving in this house. That same God is here right now. Hallelujah. God is going to confirm his word in the name of Jesus. Come on, if it's been a long time since you've spoken in tongues, go ahead and get old-fashioned old renewing. I said, go ahead and get a good old-fashioned renewing. Let God, amen, let the fire fall upon you new and fresh. Let the fire burn in you. Come on, that's in the name of Jesus. The purpose of the fire is to declare that he is God and that you belong to him. Come on, that's it. That's in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, have your way, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. In the name of Jesus. Come on, the same Holy Spirit that calls you to speak in tongues. It's the same Holy Ghost fire that can burn out cancer. Amen. The same Holy Ghost that calls you to speak in tongues. It's the same Holy Ghost that can bring deliverance, that can set you free from depression. The same Holy Ghost and fire that calls you to speak in tongues. It's the same Holy Ghost that, you can, that can give you liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Come on, that's it, somebody. That's in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, today is your day. God is going to confirm his word. He is God. He's still God in your life. He has not forgotten about you. He knows exactly where you are. Come on, that's it.
says somebody obey the Lord. Somebody obey the Lord right now. Hallelujah. The Lord's telling to pray for somebody. Do it. 